Hi, and welcome to the Propel SA podcast brought to you by South Australian-owned business group Propel SA. Propel SA podcast will be sharing with you great South Australian stories where we will be chatting to South Aussie business owners about their experiences working in and owning a business in South Australia. My name is Mary Nazamas and I'm the chair of the board of Propel SA. And my name is Laura Moore and I'll be your host. Each month our team will be bringing you great South Australian stories from our members. In today's episode we chat to Melissa Henschke from Archetypes of Interiority. Good day, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Propel Essays, sharing great South Australian stories podcast. Today, we're joined by Melissa Henschke from Archetypes of Interiority. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries. It's a pleasure to have you. It's wonderful to meet you and to have a bit of a chat about your business and um, find out more about Archetypes of Interiority. How's your week been or this season during COVID? I suppose COVID has been kind to me in certain ways. It's allowed me to take time to figure out where I want my business and where it wants to go and needs to go, the direction. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a little bit isolating at times, working for myself. Um, I work from home, so Mm -hmm. that's a little bit isolating. But... um, it's good thinking time and thinking can be bad for some people and and be good for some people but I think it's been fair overall it's been kind um yeah it's been kind to me we're in a very lucky position in in South Australia obviously so I hope that that's most people's experience of COVID in SA that it's actually been a good break for us but um, yeah, everyone will have slightly different memories, I think, of 2020 and we'll just or see. Or not, or not. <laughs> yeah. You know, people go, oh, what have you been doing? And I say, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> I don't know what I've done the whole year. That's I think it's like we've been in this time warp of, of the unknown and that's that brought true. a lot of fear on to people is the mm. fear of unknown. Mm, that's very true. Well, on to more positive things. Your business um, uh, is an interior design business, but you focus more on on the person. Tell us, tell us about what what your business is all about. Archetypes of interiority. So, my by trade, I have a bachelor of interior architecture and advanced diploma of interior decoration and design. So, basically, when I left school, I just started doing and gathering all my bits and lots of study, lots of learning, working in all different sorts of businesses um, from retail to, to, you know, construction companies and all, and the like. Um, And 10 years ago when I had my son, I started my own business which was sustainable space and I still have that business Uh, and that basically um, subcontracted purely to businesses uh, builders rather not businesses builders Um, and then I decided to take a different slant about three two or three years ago and 
really pursue my passion for uh, people. So in terms of making people well, not only their homes well, but them as well. And you can't really have one without the other. So I could come into your home and redesign it and it's all beautiful, but unless the person within the home is willing to change or willing to tell a story or tell their story within their home, it becomes just like any other home mm. or a soulless home, not even a home. It just becomes like a show home, mm. really, mm. where there's nothing of you in the home. And a lot of interior designers I'm finding at present aren't telling people stories within their home. And it's easy to be on trend. It's easy to get the latest and greatest and replicate. But it's not so easy to tell someone's story and get the essence and layer it within their home and bring bring them into the home because then they feel like they've been part of the journey mm. and not giving it over to someone else to create. Mm, that's so true. I, I suppose lots of people would go through uh, Pinterest or Instagram and see all these beautiful pictures that they want exactly. to replicate. It's not actually realistic. It's probably no different to somebody looking at a hairstyle and going, oh, I want this beautiful hairstyle. And the hairdresser goes, but that's great, but that's not your hair. You can't have that hairstyle because your hair doesn't do that. So your your space would be very similar. It has to exactly. You. Exactly. And not everyone's got a million dollars to spend on a house. Yeah. So I look at it it totally differently. I look at and I also bring in the health of the space. So I look at air quality, I look at materiality, I look at um, chemicals and toxins. I look at all sorts of other factors, sensory awareness, because people don't look at that. They don't look look at the tactility of, of something. Mm. Um, so, yes, it's very layered what I do. So <laughs> it's not just, oh, she's an interior designer or she puts cushions <laughs> on, on the couch. No, not at all. It's so much more to that and... Yeah. So I take the whole person and, t- and take them on a journey, basically. Excellent. Because even with your, your name, Archetypes of Interiority, it's a very psychologically driven name. So exactly. did you do any psychology in your past? Have you studied psychology at all or is it a passion? Um, no, I've never actually studied psychology. I mean, I have an interest in it. I have an interest, I suppose, in understanding people. And if you can't understand someone, how can you create a space for them? Mm. So it's understanding who they are and what archetypes, because we all have different archetypes. We're not just one facade. You might have one, you might be showing me one archetype now and that's your work archetype. Mm -hmm. But at home, in your own personal different. (laughs) you have a different archetype. Exactly. so explain to us, explain to, to us what, a, what an archetype is exactly. So it's a persona that we that we have. You know, we have several different personas. So like you might be the what is known as a clown or or the warrior or the rebel or the the outlaw. 
the outlaw or the pioneer <laughs> yep. or the visionary. Yep. You might, but it's understanding, I need to understand what archetypes you have. Mm-hmm. And which spaces maybe you would use those archetypes in maybe. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's really interesting. I love it. I love the concept of your business. It's quite, um, yeah, it's different and it's definitely uh, sounds like it's more adaptable to the person as opposed to just which, you, as you said, which cushions you can throw and which um, paintings you should you should be hanging. So that's really, yeah, it's really nice. How did you, um, how did you get started? Um, you obviously had your own business beforehand, so you weren't, mm-hmm. you know, completely green um, as a business owner. But how did you start this one? Was it an easier transition? It wasn't as easy as starting sustainable space because sustainable space is. Not that it hasn't got layers, but it hasn't had the research or time put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the research, even into the name, I mean, it's very different and people either like it or they don't, but that's their thing. Um, even my logo, so that's based on the golden ratio. So that's a mathematical equation. And then that's got AOI within that. Um, so it's very it's a very visionary business and it's a very different business and it's a little bit ahead of its time at present. Interesting. It sounds like it's more fulfilling your passion as well. It seems like it's more about you and what you can bring to the table as well versus just your learned trade skill set. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's bringing all of my passions, all my travels, all my creativity, um, all the culture and nature and patterns and colour and looking at colour psychology because that's another thing that I look at. Um, so I look at colour psychology of what people wear. I can do that too of what... <laughs> I'm wearing black today, folks. So <laughs> always. So what people wear, um, what people need to wear to make them think differently, um, what color they need within their space to make them feel differently. So it's all of that. It's making you feel different in your space, or making you feel how you want to feel in your space too. Mm. Mm. Um, and then the dynamic within a family. So each person has a different dynamic and a different personality. So it's bringing their personality out within the space. And it's also creating something that's timeless too mm. so that you don't have to go in and go, oh, well, I need to change that within a year because I'm not going to be on trend or it's going to break or it's going to. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So where does your where does your creativity come from? Where have you... Has that always been something that you've had innately as a kid or have you have you brought it in from different areas? Where, where, what inspires you to be creative? I suppose nature inspires me to be creative. My family, so they were or are quite creative. Um, my dad's parents were quite creative, so they, you know, Nana would make stuff all the time from dresses to knitting to any of that sort of stuff just create and then mum's mum was um into china painting so she would paint um then my great-grandmother she was in she used to paint photos 
Um, a couple of photos, was it? Yes, so the oh, old photos. Um, so there is there is that art mm. background there of creativity. Mum's mm. grandmother used to teach um, sculpture. So mm. there is all sorts there. There all, is all the art classes. <laughs> yes, so there is that, you know, passion there mm. for mm. art and beauty. Because art and, is beauty. And you've done a lot of travel too by the sounds of it, so you're bringing in elements from different different cultures. Have you? So I've been to Egypt and obviously I've been in the pyramids and all that, so that's just the phenomena within itself. Mm -hmm. um, Morocco, so Morocco brings a lot of colour and vibrancy and Egypt brings a lot of obviously mathematical equations. The architecture and how things are made. Obviously, there's astrology, so the how you know in Egypt that sort of thing, and the medicine and the herbs and mm -hmm. all that sort of thing is yeah. interesting. Oh, great. Japan, Japan, I love Japan. So I also bring feng shui into my. That's obviously Chinese, but Japan, I love their culture too. The simplicity yeah. um, and form and their way of living. Mm -hmm. um, their calmness their calmness and peace and also how they live so their ikigai that that psychology too um and community very fascinating um you've you've obviously had other roles before you started your your business how do you find um how do you find working for yourself versus working for for a company um i think with Working for a company, you're a bit hamstrung in the sense that um, that's their brand and obviously their set of parameters, uh, which is fine and you learn a lot. But I think if you want to do something different and make your mark in the world, then I just couldn't work for someone. <laughs> and there's just nothing against them, but I just couldn't do it anymore. You get to a point, I think, when you've done, you know, um, within yourself, no, I need to work for myself, flexibility for passion, for the buck stops with me. Yeah. Right thing. Um, you've got the control um, of the outcome. Whereas when you work for someone, you obviously put in that documentation and you don't know if it's going to get changed or respect or uh, the client's going to change their mind and no one's going to tell you, uh, you lose control. Mm. Um, and you're not there to tell the story as much as when you're in that seat of being able to be the one that takes the takes the client on the journey to where they need to be interesting have you um you've obviously had as we all do running businesses challenges and and the need to juggle different things what's been your biggest challenge or the biggest juggle for yourself um i suppose in some respects 
the ice, like especially this year, obviously isolation, as much as I like being on my own and doing it all myself, it's nice to just bounce things off people in reality, that that conversation of being able to just go somewhere and have a coffee with someone and bounce those ideas off all your challenges or your thoughts or your visions or whatever, um, or oh, I'm having an issue with this client, um, what do you think? Um, that sort of thing and it's yeah you could you can go through zoom and you can go through you know the phone and all that but it's not the same yeah <laughs> so I spoke and and I'm a really tactile person so I'm a really touchy feely you know like I yeah it's people and we can't live without them we're, we're that's right. us yeah so that's been challenging for me in a way yeah, I can imagine. I've had a had a similar uh, few conversations with other people where it's it's very much that that need to bounce ideas off of other people, and and you may not really go into a conversation expecting to get answers, but even just through the the idea of talking and networking, um, you can find answers and solutions and contacts, and you know it does definitely bring a different element to your business. Without that, it's a bit yeah, it can be a bit isolating. So how have you how have you overcome that in this last year? outside of zoom <laughs> um i'm not sure whether i've overcome it i've just sort of let it go and not made it an issue does that make sense like just thinking it will pass um yeah and i think out of this people will value relationships so much more than ever mm. the, the actual human relationship mm and the connection between people. Um, and I think I base my business on building relationships. And I think as a society, we've forgotten how to build relationships. We focus so much on social media and lost that human, just the human contact. Mm. Mm. Isn't it brilliant that one of the things that sold out the quickest when we were all went into lockdown was puzzles. I thought that was really lovely that there was like a shortage, na nationwide shortage of puzzles. <laughs> I thought that was really lovely because people were just, yeah, connecting with their families and spending actual quality one-on-one -on -one time, which is rare these days. And um, I think that's just so special. Even just saying that, that is so special because it's making us get back to basics of mm. just being together. Mm. So mm. nothing else we've, we've learned is just about being together. Mm. Mm. Get rid of the phones, get rid of all the crap, just be together. Yeah, exactly. No, that's good. So what's different now in your business versus when you first started? I know it's only a couple of years old, but have you seen or changed much in the last couple of years from when you started it? I suppose looking at the two businesses, um, my first business, uh, I never had a website. I never had any form of marketing collateral. It was all word of mouth um, and it's been going for 10 years. Whereas this business, I spent, I think, a year on the business cards, a year on the website. A year on the just even 
to be on social media like Instagram because I don't believe in it. <laughs> so all I think it was just come overcoming hurdles is in so a lot of like Instagram and social media is just totally against the grain for me. And I suppose getting out there and being on that was a big thing for me. And also overcoming that it's okay to be different because mm-hmm. being a creative is quite hard in the fact that um, our media and the way we live now, everyone wants everyone to be the same. Mm. When you're not the same and when you're doing something really different and re- something that's really going to shake people up, you do question yourself mm-hmm. and you just go, am I doing this right? Is this <laughs> the right thing or should I just go back to what I was doing and it was just easy? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, ben, you know, I knew it like the back of my hand. and I still, yeah. yeah, whereas this I think is quite different, like my website's different. You know, everything that I have done on this business has been different and mm. I think that's you, it's a big gamble. Mm. And also being in Adelaide for people are more conservative they're less open to change. They like the living in a white box and they follow what's on trend and all of that sort of thing. But in saying that, if it's gonna if it's gonna happen in Adelaide, it will happen anywhere, like that sort of thing. If you can make it in Adelaide, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so New York, either or <laughs> exactly. So I think you know, I've just taken huge risks with this business. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. You, you mentioned um, need, obviously, for a business owner to, and the, the beauty of being a business owner is that you get to make your own decisions, you forge your own pathway, so your call buck stops with you. Mm-hmm. And then talk about um, the fact that you've had to, and, and everybody does, has, has to step out of their comfort zone and do something in their business that they may not actually feel that comfortable with. For you, it was social media. What mm-hmm. do you think the balance is? Where, how does a business owner know to do something that they may not be comfortable with versus just going, no, nah, don't care, it's my business, I don't need to worry about that because it's my call? Do you think there's a, because it's two very different um thought processes there is that yes I've got to grow and adapt but also it's mine so I don't have to do anything with it it's just me where do you think how do you think a business owner knows when to make that call I think you've got to know where your strengths and weaknesses lie Mm -hmm. and it's also how much money you're willing to throw at something too Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also giving something a go it's that's a really hard question it's it's about adapting but also keeping your values and ethics in check because if it's really against what you value is it really any point in doing it Um, because what works for one doesn't necessarily going to work for another person and I think social media is a bit of hit hit and miss Mm. too yeah yeah Um, depending on what your brand is or what your business is and how you use certain tools at your disposal even just obviously owning your own business, um, you've got to be everything to everybody, financial, you know, 
controller, HR, the works. Are there things that you've outsourced to free yourself up to to do the bit that you love doing or are you taking on all of those hats at the moment? Um, I've had people help me with my social media because it's just like I've written the content and done all of the, um, obviously, the imagery but just getting it out there in terms of knowing what SEOs and all of this foreign jargon that just doesn't mean anything to me, but, you know, it means everything to everyone else and the analytics and all of that sort of thing. And I go, yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) It's not my strength. So I think, you know, if it's not your strength, sometimes it's more cost effective to get someone else to help you even though I'm out, so I'm still learning. Mm. I'm still having to do a lot of it, but it's another learning curve in itself. Mm. Mm. I think we're always still learning, aren't we? There's always new things. And you know what? That's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's the beauty of having your own business because you're always learning and something will always be thrown at you and think, oh, gee, how am I going (laughs) to get that out? (laughs) That's the beauty of it because Mm. it's ever-changing and it's ever-evolving. And people are different that you're dealing with too. So they totally, yeah. totally, and that's what makes it interesting because mm. I'm not a clock on clock off person. Mm. And some people, that's what they love, but I just could never be that. Who's been your, or who or what has been your biz- biggest inspiration in your business? Um, I love David Bowie. I love people who can be able to reinvent themselves. Um, and can wear a mask and still be true to themselves. We're all wearing masks at the moment. Oh, I know, but a persona, I should say. Um, So he he reinvented himself so many times and he was so adaptable, so creative, and he was a good storyteller. And I think anyone who's a really good storyteller who's in any creative field, whether it's, music, art, performance, any of those, it's about telling people's story. Um, Also William Morris, he was a phenomenal man, um, being able to do what he did, Um, you know, a humanitarian, an architect, a writer, textile designer, you know, wallpaper, all of those sort of things, one man did it all. So that's a pretty phenomenal thing to aspire to. But also whilst keeping his values and ethics, so keeping what he was passionate about. And that's, I think, what makes someone a true leader and some people who are ahead of their time as well. So, yeah, mm. probably true. There's heaps of other people. Do you have um, aspirations as to where you want your business to be beyond where it is today? What's your What's your big? Not that there's ever an end game, but what's the What's the big dream for you with your business? Um, I don't think that there's an end game because it will always be an ever evolving process. I suppose it's about making people reawaken mm-hmm. to their environment. Um, to live more consciously mm-hmm. in their body, in their mind and in their spirit, to understand we're not disconnected from our environments. 
whether it be built, whether it be nature, or whether it be our mental health and well-being. Um, I want to read to you one of our missions. So one of Archetypes of Interiority's missions is to make nature a new universal language, a phenomena that we are all connected to, which we can respect and understand. No different to maths, art and music. We want to be at the forefront of everything people do. Quite simply, if we don't, we may, not, may no longer be able to sustain our health and well-being. So, yeah, I'm really passionate about people's health and well-being, how we are mm. within our space and within, within us. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I hope that um, that you're able to fulfil those aspirations over time and, and, you know, you can chip away at them one person, one client, one house, one home, one archetype at a time. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'm sure you're, you're changing lives every every time you leave leave someone's home. So, well, thank you so much, Melissa. If you are looking for Melissa Henschke and Archetypes of Interiority, you can find her on Instagram uh, and also on her website, which is www aofi.com.au www.aofi.com.au um, Melissa is also a Propel SA member so you can find her on our website as well www.propelsa.com.au and we look forward to seeing you at our next, next networking event Melissa thank you so much thank you Become a member today by contacting us via our website on www.propelsa.com.au. PropelSA is proudly supported by local councils, City of Burnside, Town of Walkerville and Campbelltown City. And please hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so that you don't miss our next episode. Thanks for joining us.